welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow host, Matt O'Hara. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm just back here to wrap up these uh, sweet divisions. Yeah, right here. yeah, yeah. Right as uh, preseason's upon us, we have a Hall of Fame football game on Thursday. I cannot believe it. I'm so pumped. I am stoked. Watch a little Chicago Bears action. Playing. I know, man. Hometown boy, Mr. Trubisky in there for about one play. Yeah. Al Robinson, one play. No Jordan Howard. He's not playing. No. Ravens, see some Lamar Jackson. Anthony Miller? Yeah. Get up in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, I bet you... Um, our boy Shaheen's going to get some extended playing time, right? I heard Shaheen's looked all right so far in uh, training camp as well. You know, again, coming up Ashland, you got to give the guy some time. Absolutely. Still a high upside man. player. Definitely. I'm, I'm stashing him on my roster. Yep. Uh, so we got some news and notes. Now remember, always take the news and notes this time of the year and for the next couple of weeks here very, very lightly. But pay attention. This is where you find some nice stashes for the bottom of the roster. You know, any guys, you know, getting some run with the ones. Um, getting some high praise, uh, guys that weren't drafted in your rookie draft. This is where you can find some guys just to put – this is where we talk about the bottom of the roster fluidity, where you want to pick guys up, hold them there. The start of the season, they don't make the roster or something like that, you cut them. Uh, but this is where we find some guys. So we're going to talk about some news and notes here. Um, most of these guys aren't really going to be on your waiver wire, but news and notes. News and notes nonetheless, nonetheless, nonetheless. right? Uh, top off the day. Today, Stefan Diggs signs a five-year extension, $80 million, $40 million guaranteed. That was coming regardless, due to stud month. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think there were a little bit, there were a few questions, but they, you know, that was pretty much, um, pretty much, you know, what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, he's never had 1,000 yards. He's right. never had 100 receptions, but all the talent is there, uh, and if he can stay healthy and just get past that groin injury, then uh, yeah, he'll be all right. Yeah. yeah, he gets nicked here and there, but what um, do, what does this say for Treadwell's long term? You think you think both those guys can be viable there, um, or is this kind of showing him the door? I think you know. After it's this? I think it pretty much signed, sealed, delivered. He might end up else somewhere. Yeah, I think. I so mean, too. his only the only thing that could possibly happen is like dealing gets hurt. Diggs gets hurt. He comes in, balls out right. on that rookie contract. They get out from under Thielen's contract within a couple of years. You know, I don't know how much guaranteed he has. I doubt it's anything crazy. Uh, and then they'd go that route. And like maybe somebody gets hurt. But I doubt it. It's right. he's, he's done for. I mean, it sounds like Diggs. I mean, his contract. It's been reported. I think it was about seventy-one, seventy-two million with about forty million guaranteed. So eighty million. Eighty million. Is, yeah. Is it? Okay. Um, so I must have had some old information or some bad information, but either way, I mean, the, the guaranteed money is really what the the contract is is worth, and forty million dollars is that's a pretty hefty guarantee. You're there so. three years, pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. That's so. what I was going to get around to. Yep. Yeah, big fan of Stephon Diggs. Actually, just made a Stephon Diggs trade uh, not too long ago here in Dynasty. I gave up. Uh, crap, I, I've been putting so many trades out there this week. I can't remember. Right? No, it gets it gets hard to keep track of all of them. But oh, Gron- I gave up Gronk, Corey Coleman, and. Uh, Carlos Hyde okay. or Stephon Diggs. Wow. So, I mean, if Coleman hits, he's a stud, then, you know, it hurts a little bit. But mostly I looked at it where Hyde's not long-term. I want I wanted Diggs. I need a young, talented receiver to go with uh, my team, and I got him. And I was I had an influx of heavy tight ends there. Like, I was, you know, Evan Ingram. Oh, that was the one where you have all the tight ends. All the tight ends. You know, Evan Ingram, yep. Zach Ertz. No, I remember you tell you tell me about so so many trades. I can't even keep track of them, but now now I'm catching up. More news and notes so far out of Colts camp again early, but and Marlon Mack coming off the shoulder surgery, so it's kind of a little less not easy for him to get out there and get some carries. But Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines both looking pretty good for the Colts. Uh, Things are coming out there saying Wilkins is looking good catching the ball and running the ball with power. Naheem's obviously catching the ball well. Too. Right. I mean, that's Naeem's thing, so that's not not all that surprising. But, you know, Jordan Wilkins was a little bit of an unknown in that area. And, and if he shows a, a three-down skill set, I mean, he could, he's one of those guys that could really grab that lead back role and, and run with it. He might end up being the most valuable back that they have on, on – uh, on their roster currently for this year. So Yeah, with the way we were talking about it, 
And the way we're getting ready for the season here, worried about Marlon Mack as it was, not overly impressed with him last year, the shoulder injury, bringing in Naheem Hines, and these already the news and notes on Wilkins. I'm not opposed to putting some offers out there and really try to be maybe a little bit overly aggressive on Wilkins. Seeing that he was just drafted in this previous draft, probably third, maybe fourth round of your rookie draft, probably third, right around there. I might try and get ahead of it, ahead of this before it even gets a little deeper into solidify, you know, solidity where he's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe offer a 2019 second and 2019 third for Jordan Wilkins. Real quick uh, return on the investment for that that player, but uh, you know whoever drafted him. But at the same time, you get a guy maybe before his his value blows up. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's you're you're pretty much giving up. You know the way I look at it is like right now, if you had the draft again today, Jordan Wilkins is probably gonna go to the end of your second round, right around somewhere in the second round of your rookie. I mean, draft. He's definitely been creeping. I mean, if you went super early, he might not have gone until fifth fifth sixth round if you went immediately following the draft yeah so i mean yeah he's he's been steadily inclining i would say his his, his value has been increasing i mean if you say out the news so far what we learned literally after just a week would you not like if we had your rookie draft today would you not consider jordan wilkins in the second round i mean i th- i mean obviously not high in the second no. round. no too much talent there at the top right. of the second round but in the middle uh, to late second round, an opportunity to get to the starting running back on the Colts. I mean, that's where Naheem Hines is going already, right? Middle of second round. So, why not get the power running back there in a potentially Jordan Jordan Wilkins right behind him, who can also catch the ball? Well? I, I, I would feel a lot more comfortable, you know, two, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, th- that area. So, giving up. So you feel comfortable there as well. So, giving up a second next year and a third next year, you know, to an owner that might have taken him in the fourth round or third round. They might say, hey, dude, I'll take that. You yeah. know, I took him in a third. You're giving me a second and a third back, so I get my investment that I just invested him in back and a second-round pick. Dude, sold. On a draft class so far that's not overly hyped as it is for running backs in 2019, I'd make that move. It's just a little tidbit for thought. It, it, is, it, is, it isn't a bad thought at all. I like that idea. So, um, yeah, I mean, a second and third next year – you can make that up like like you know snap your fingers in a different trade so no big deal and also out of colt's camp Deion kane getting some run with the one so far rave reviews coming out of indy uh from multiple different sources right. about Deion kane and uh, you know i think our breakdown of that guy or at least my breakdown of that guy was he flashed i mean he showed great athleticism at clemson but he just never did it consistently enough so Perhaps that was the offense they were in. You know, perhaps that was Deshaun Watson not being there and, and, you know, inconsistent play of the quarterback. And maybe that's something we just kind of didn't take into consideration at the time. And, you know, once now that he's with a professional team and a professional quarterback that can do it on a down in and down out basis, maybe maybe he's going to be able to flash more consistently and and be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, Clemson's known for putting out good receivers Mm -hmm. there. There's no locked in number two receiver there in Indianapolis. You know, we've been preaching Chester Rogers here for a little over a year now as the opportunity is looking good for him. But there's no reason to think that Deion King can't come in here, lock himself into the outside receiver right outside T.Y. Hilton. Maybe they move Chester Rogers in the inside. I don't know. Right. Uh, but great, great news so far if you draft the Deion King in the second round of your rookie draft, possibly third round of your rookie draft. I was going to say, I think you could get him in the third round. Yeah. He was definitely getting some run yeah. here. Might contribute as early as 2018. Might be one of those later draft picks that we say, surprise. But so far, all the news and notes on Deion Kane have been fantastic. Yep. Uh, also coming out of camp, guys have looked pretty good. Uh, Taiwan Taylor getting some run with the ones out of Tennessee. Taiwan Taylor is a guy we liked. Mm-hmm. We liked a lot. They took him in the third round after the Corey Davis, number four overall. We said the future of Tennessee would be Taiwan Taylor and Corey Davis. We liked Taiwan coming out of college. Uh, thought he had some nice upside there. With Rashard Matthews out with that undisclosed injury, he's getting some runs with the ones, and he's taking opportunity there. Taiwan Taylor, nice little stash on your roster, but some of you, again, we preached last year saying the future started right. there. Hopefully, might, hopefully might you drafted in. him last year and you're, you've been sitting on him, and now, now it's finally starting to pay off a little bit. Yeah, nice upside player. Good size, good ability. You got Delaney Walker there. You got Corey Davis. Again, reviews on Corey Davis have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh Love that guy. I, I people remember people were asking before, they're like, hey, where do you have Corey Davis in this draft? And I said, right behind Squam Barkley. Why wouldn't I? He's a stud. Uh, so good news out there out of Tennessee about Taiwan Taylor. Also, Delaney Walker there in Tennessee gets a two year extension to twenty twenty, gets two years, seventeen million. So if you're Delaney Walker owner, maybe a little worried because the contract was coming up. He's thirty three. 
boom, two more years. You got Delaney locked in for three years. And at 33, not even worried about it because he didn't no. do anything until he was 30. Exactly. And, and, you know, that pretty much will bring him to the end of his career, I would I would imagine, or, you know, his useful career, um, yeah. we'll say. And and then that, that'll be a nice little transition. It'll give Joe New Smith a little bit more time to develop, a guy that was a little bit raw. And uh, I, it might be a nice little time where, you know, the last year of his deal – they're kind of split in time, almost a la Hunter Henry, uh, Antonio Gates type of situation from uh, you know last year and the year before. Yeah, uh, Tyler Eifert's back, declaring he's one hundred percent healthy. Played at camp today, caught a nice little touchdown. Uh, I heard, but he's back in camp for Cincinnati. Yeah, he he, pa- he passed his physical and whatnot. Um, you know, obviously his biggest issue is just health. You know, I mean he's a, he's a guy that when he performs, he's a touchdown machine. He's he's you know a, a nice little fantasy asset. But he's one of those. He's another one of these tight ends that's hard to rely on, you know. And, and week in and week out, you know, when they're when they're healthy, they're great, and you can just throw them in your lineup. And, and other than that, though, you know, you got to have you got to have a guy that you're streaming them with, though, just in case. Tyler Croft, yeah, Ty, get or it. other people. Period. Yep. Uh, speaking of injuries, Elijah McGuire broke his foot for the New York Jets. He's mm. out about six weeks. Probably starting on pup, possibly IR. Even depends on how it plays out. Well, it all depends on how quickly that he, that he heals from the surgery. It was a supposedly a three to six week type of thing yeah um so six week you know that's that's the high end of it so if he's coming along pretty quickly i don't i don't see a reason why they'd ir him um you know maybe a pup list or something like that to to start the year good news if you're Bilal Powell owner oh Uh, yeah yeah because he went from a guy that was you know a bubble guy to somebody that they might need to hold on to here or even that trenton cannon guy might be able to fill in for a week or two if they don't want to keep Bilal Powell around because he's a veteran and, and, you know, once he's on the day one roster, his whole his whole roster gets guaranteed or his whole salary for the year gets guaranteed. So That's where I was going next. Trenton Cannon, uh, six-round pick for the New York Jets, running back his very fast, explosive, a right. little bit um, taller running back there. Uh, he's looked really good in camp as well. Definitely worth a stash on your roster. Yeah, he definitely is. But so far it looks like, you know, still going to be Isaiah Carell's locked in there. Third down running back when he's healthy. He's going to be Elijah McGuire, and when he's not able to go, it's going to be Bilal Powell. But Trent Cannon, you know, might open up on a practice squad, but nice so far looking good. Yeah, right, right. And he might be even a guy that's in line for some special teams type of he's return. A yeah, returner type of stuff as well. Uh, John Brown killing it at the Ravens camp. Yes, he is. It's locked in with Joe Flacco right now, who Joe Flacco is also having a really good camp. Obviously, after you take a quarterback in the first round, that's a little pep in your step, a little fire in the tush, right? A uh, little smoke in the house. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, last year was a down year, also for the whole Ravens offense. But um, Flacco wasn't right all year. You know, he was coming off of was it was it back? Was it a back thing? I can't remember, back or knee, um, one of the, one or the other. Um, but he was never right like the whole year. It was one of those things where they never had a good off season. Never had any rapport with any of his wide receivers. And plus, he's like not ultra talented either. Yeah. And that dude hasn't been right since he won a Super Bowl. Right. And got paid. Exactly. So, kind of like a turd. Had you won a, had a magical run, Super Bowl, and then. Right. Peace out, sucker. Just he's, got a big still, he's still not a guy that you want in your fantasy line. But his arm, like when he signed John Brown, we liked it because we thought it fit mm-hmm. Flacco's skill set really well. And that's right. what he likes to do. And his go and comeback route is really nice, John Brown. And. You know, after getting that cyst removed off his spine, the sickle cell getting taken care of. Well, you can't take care of it, but, you know, treated. There's no reason to believe that John Brown, who's on a one-year deal, can't come in here and have a very nice fantasy year. Definitely, I love John Brown in, like, best ball leagues mm-hmm. where he's, you know, maybe catches four or five balls for, like, 80 yards, but looking for that touchdown there. There's not a lot of options. you got Michael Crabtree there as your red zone threat, and that pretty much is it. Yeah, that is it, man. I mean, after that, no one else is established. And, you know, Willie Sneed will be catching stuff underneath and stuff like that. But, I mean, how many opportunities is, is he really going to get there? You no, know? not because Willie Sneed's not that great. <laughs> right? I mean, a lot of these people, people are talking about all these different – I love these the, – listen, when you have these receivers that we've been literally talking about for like three years, like, oh, they might be okay here. They're not three, four, you know, like a while. A guy like Willie Sneed, guys like, you know, good opportunity like Albert Wilson, you know. You always hear, oh, that could be sneaky. Those guys are a wide receiver three at best. At best, which, again, isn't bad, but they're most likely still going to be a turd. You can polish that turd all you want. Polish it's still going to smell like shit. It's still going to look like shit, and he's going to give you fantasy productions like poo. Okay? Excuse the language, but the, the facts are the facts. The guy sucks. When okay? I when I when when Willie Sneed's value returns and I trade him for a second-round pick, your jaw is going to drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will drop right off my body. 
Because I'll be living in a different reality. I'll, I'll trade like, it. Where I'll, am I? I'll trade him to you for a second. Right? Uh, I wouldn't give you anything. I don't want <laughs> Dude, if somebody's like, I'll give you Willie Sneed for a third round, some good upside. I'm like, I'd rather take the upside of my third round pick. Like, I put in the due diligence, son. I don't right. need your trash. He's, all right? he's slowly creeping to the bottom of my roster. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I don't know when your garbage day is, but mine's on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> so don't approach me that trash until Monday. So I can take it right to the curb. All right. Alrighty. Um so yeah, I'm not in. I'm not in on Willie Sneed. I'm not really all in. I'm not in on Albert. Well, you know, all those you know, for guys like that that I've seen them like they where they haven't produced because they haven't given opportunity. You know, these guys have been given opportunity. They just can't do anything with it. They're just not all that good. Yeah. So they're just not that good. I never get those are the kind of guys I literally – those are my fluff packages when I'm, like, making trades. Like, I throw a name in there people know. You know, like, oh, I'll give you this, this, and Willie Sneed. And they're like, oh, I got Willie. He's got some upside. You know, signs out there in Baltimore. They don't got much going on. Yeah, well, they got Michael Crabtree and John Brown. Much better options. Yeah, much better. The only Brown that Willie Sneed gets is, you know, the corn kind. Uh, Gross. Moving on, Corey Coleman. Speaking of guy who haven't done much in a couple of years here. He's looked good in Browns camp so far these last couple of days. Jo- Josh Gordon's not there. Him and Antonio Callaway actually looking yeah, the, pretty good. Yeah, the rookie. Yeah, yeah Antonio Callaway coming in, little one-on-ones in first-team offense, destroyed the defensive backs, yeah. looking good there. And then, of course, last and not least, a very insignificant move today. The New Orleans Saints signed Michael Floyd from a first-round pick of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, who we actually were talking about this weekend when we were talking about dumb players, and you're like the dumbest player I've ever heard speak in my entire life is Michael Floyd. Yep. So I thought it was funny he comes back in the news today. It is ironic, I would say. Don't you think? Yes, I do. Um, so, so I, I don't know if there's anything about Cam Merritt to this knee. I'm not sure what that says. I mean, like, who do they really have, though, besides... Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn. Burner. Right. Brandon Coleman. Exactly. I think it, I think this says more about like the Brandon Coleman's of the, the roster. These guys, I mean, Michael Floyd's not going to make this team. Do you he think make, he's no, just a camp no, body? He a, yeah, he's a camp body. So yeah. So can we get into the NFC West? Yeah, absolutely. Team in So this is it. It's our last division. Uh, first time we ever covered divisions team by team. I think we're going to do this forever going forward because this is a good, yeah, this is a nice one. It's a nice exercise to literally break down almost every single player and give you kind of a review on them. All right. Uh, once we start doing the bonus podcast, maybe you know. We do some other stuff, but this would be like the main episode. Yeah, I like it. Build off this. So yep. let's get into the NFC West, shall we? First team up, we hear the LA Rams. Their depth chart is looking like wide receiver Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, Farrell Cooper, and Mike Thomas. Running back, Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, John Kelly. Tight end, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. QB, Jared Goff, and Sean Mannion. Um, you know, Jared Goff really came into his own last year in his mm-hmm. second full year. Led the NFL in yards per completion uh, with 12.9. And then they've just surrounded tons of weapons on him. When you get a run, running game like that and Todd Gurley, Sean McVay comes in, really completely changes this team up off of lame-ass Jeff Fisher uh, and really utilized Todd Gurley to make him a championship-caliber player. And by that, I mean he literally won tons of people championships last year single-handedly. Yep. He absolutely did, man. I mean, he was a beast. He was he – was- he caught so many more passes and just ran for tons of touchdowns, man. That's a good formula. You know, and then at receiver, a guy who we loved coming out, Mr. Moscow Mule himself, Cooper Cup. You know, he led the team in targets last year with 94, led the team in receiving yards with 869, and led them in red zone targets with 23. But they do bring in Brandon Cooks. They trade for him. They uh, sign him to a big contract. Mm-hmm. Big contract. Big contract. Big time money here. And now you have a three-headed weapon there at the receiving core. Robert Woods, nice little deep threat. Brendan Cooks, really nice deep threat. And B- Cooper Cup, Jared Goff's safety valve there over the middle. So Cooper Cup finishes wide receiver 25 last year, which is for wide receiver three, number one wide receiver three overall. Right, the highest end wide receiver three there is. And we talked about that last year. Like That's where I kind of see him. And when he was drafted, we said, hey, Cooper Cup's like one of those guys who could be a consistent wide receiver three for the next five to eight years. Yep. And, you know, Brandon Cooks, I don't see his numbers like overly changing too much. I still see him as a, you know, high-end wide receiver three going forward. Brandon Cooks? Cooper Cup. Oh, Cooper Cup. All right. Yeah, I was a little bit Uh, Yeah, I think that's where he's going to settle in here. I mean, especially for this year with with, um, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, probably ahead of him in the pecking order a little bit. Or at least he's on level ground maybe with Robert Woods. But Brandon Cooks will probably be ahead of him on the the target share. Or maybe not even target share, but fantasy point-wise. 
Yeah, I think Woods gets the biggest hit here, not Cup. I think the signing of Cooks, people are like, oh, does that hurt Cooper Cup? I would say no. I think Woods, who took a big step forward last year, right. um, gets the biggest hit out of well, all this. Well, here's the, here's, the, here's the one thing I was looking at. I was looking at all the contracts, obviously, again, and you know the Rams are really up against it. They only have a little bit over $2.5 bucks in cap space right now. And Brandon Cooks, it, his cap number goes from – a, a pretty manageable five point four million to like fifteen point yeah fifteen point three million next Just year. Just making bank, man. So I mean, but his cap number is going to go up significantly. They have to say they have to sign Aaron Donald, um, and Robert Woods's contract is such that they can basically get out from underneath it next year. There's there's no more dead money after after this year on Robert Woods. So I'm not I'm not even sure that this is going to be a situation that we have to worry about it come next year. It might be Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. A top of this depth chart, and and that's it for you know like legitimate um, fantasy you know relevant players. So I mean, this might be a one year thing where we kind of have to deal with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup kind of cannibalizing each other a little bit, mm-hmm. and then come next year that that you know Cooper Cup really gets to to spread his wings and and become the bona fide you know high end wide receiver three, which is to say that he might sneak into wide receiver two numbers and, and, you know, if he's your wide receiver three, you're in a really good shape. Yeah. I think couple will finish his career with a couple of wide receiver two years for sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely the way him and golf have kind they've of got a, they've nice got a really good rapport. rapport. Yeah. Yep. And I like, I like the stash of a Josh Reynolds there and behind, you know, tall, leaner, fast yep. receiver. I think he'd easily slip in and fill out after like, like you said, he'll be in year three. If they get rid of Robert Woods next year, I think he's sliding that role easily as a wide receiver, like another outside receiver there. He, he's the he's the person I had like literally on my list right underneath Cooper Cup as the guy that could possibly take over for Robert. You know, some of the some of the Robert Wood um, shares once he's gone. Yeah, so depending on how your your dynasty league set up and how your taxi squad is and whatnot, I mean, I think Josh Reynolds is definitely somebody who could potentially be on your waiver wire that would love to pick up and stash, hoping for a nice twenty nineteen rebound. Again, still going to be deeper there because not only do we have these re- three receivers there, but we also have Gerald Everett right. and Tyler Higby, mm-hmm. um, both higher draft picks. And you got to remember, Gerald Everett last year in Sean McVay's first year as head coach was picked by Sean McVay to come in and be that Jordan Reed. We thought he had a nice athleticism and spark score that fit that uh, – Jordan Reed profile right. comes in. He's only entering his second year. He's the 44th pick in the draft last year. That's a pretty high pick that they have invested into him. And they're going to need a valuable tight end here. And mm-hmm. McVay knows how to utilize that. I think Everett, who ran a lot of his routes, I think were pass, pass catching routes last year. And oh, yeah. The time that he mm-hmm. got, I think 70% of his routes were. I think he's a guy who we could see take another little step forward as well this year and become a viable fantasy tight end. Again, maybe in 2019. Yep, I like that thought as well. I mean, d- don't sleep completely on Tyler Higby either. He he was a, a nice little pass catching option as well. So he's one of those guys that it might not click, and it might it, and it might if it clicks, it might be huge. And and if it if it doesn't, he might end up just finding his way off the roster. I like Tyler Higby coming out. I did. I thought he was yeah, a really nice tight end to grab, like in the third round. Like those little when we came out, we oh, yeah. he was something that we liked. Yep. But the problem I don't like is he was a last regime pick right and ever is a very high draft pick handpicked by this new regime so i don't think the cards are in it for tigby i think you gotta wait he's gonna you know till his contract's up and then go somewhere else and then maybe he's an upside player somewhere else that we could potentially like but in the meantime i think it's all ever i don't even think it's gonna matter too much what higby even does because i don't think he's gonna be even given an opportunity as much as ever it's gonna be and you still have those you know girlies catching footballs he's gonna get tons of carries there so options are limited Yes, Brandon Cooks has had 1,000 yards for three years straight, but he's also been heavily targeted for three years straight. I know over the last three years, he's averaged, I think, 120 targets per year. Yeah, I think the lowest end on that was like 114, if I can remember. But, again, I think it's going to change a little bit. I think, you know, Cooks is still a really good receiver, good Mm -hmm. deep threat, good you clean up those routes some a little bit, in and out of those routes, can be a very high-quality receiver. They just paid this dude a shitload of money. I'm using the shit word a lot today. Okay. I'm tired. I'm grumpy. This is the way it's going to work out for me, okay? Uh, so this this, this episode traded PG-13. <laughs> but I'll clean it up for you. Yeah, clean uh, it up. Come sorry. On. Sorry, potty mouth. I know it's such, if you can say it on Comedy Central or whatnot, I think you're okay. 
right? Well, I mean, we can say whatever we want. We are just a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why we ever got such a clean show. Uh, hey, got me a gig on ESPN Cleveland. There you go. What am we talking about? Um, so the Rams overall are just an, are filled with nice quality dynasty assets. Todd Gurley, obviously the star here. Yeah. I think Brandon Cooks, you know, finishes more as a high end wide receiver two now going forward. Now that wide receiver, which is what he kind of almost. I was going to say, anyways. I feel like that's kind of where he was anyway, high end wide receiver two. So I mean, if you besides Todd Gurley, is Brandon Cooks the guy that own here? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I. I I feel pretty good if I own Cooper Cup as oh, well. Love Moscow Mule. Yeah. Love him. He's just, again, just solid. You, you, you I mean, I appreciate guys that are just solid, safe guys that will yeah. finish the wide receiver three for your roster. You can trust week in, week out. They'll give you that, you know, 10 points every single week. I mean, that, and I like guys that are liked by their quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that that chemistry is, is, is special. And, you know, especially with a guy that's so young like Jared Goff, he could, he could theoretically be doing this for the next – you know, seven, eight years or something like that. So it's not like it's not like Cooper Cup is winning because he's super fast or anything like that. Even if he loses a slight little notch or of speed, you know, he he's, he wins in different ways. You know what I mean? So he can be doing it for a while. Brian Hartline 2.0. Yep. All right, moving on to the Seattle Seahawks, which we didn't get to the news and notes, but we got some news coming up here very shortly. Oh. On our depth chart, looking up like Doug Baldwin, Tyler mm. Lockett, Brandon Marshall, Jerron Brown, Amara Darbo. Running back, Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, C.J. Proceis. Tight end, Nick Vanette, Ed Dixon. QB, Russell Wilson, and Austin Davis. Now, news of the day, Doug Baldwin, his knee has been uh, kind of a little funny since he got to camp. He came in nicked up was the quote, I think, or came in a little basically. Yeah, and Pete Carroll c- comes in today and says, yeah, he's going to miss uh, probably a couple of weeks with that knee. Well, I mean the good, you know, the good thing. Doug Baldwin's twenty nine. He's been around for a while. A couple of weeks of training camp missed. I don't think is the hugest deal for him. No, but it's still worrisome when you're going to say, "Hey, a couple of weeks." And and I would t- to call uh, Pete Carroll opti- an optimistic guy. I think would be a little bit of an understatement as oh, well. Yeah. So you're uh, talking about the running backs today? Oh, looks great. Yeah, everyone. Hey, wh- how's how's Chris Carson? Looks great. Everyone how's CJ Procise? Always looks, looks great. Everyone always looks great. Rashad Payne looks great. We're just trying to get to know him. Go on. <laughs> so yeah, that was your very accurate Pete Carroll impersonation. And so I mean, it, if he's even saying he came in a little nicked up, and it might be a couple weeks, it it could end up being a, a solid month maybe before he's actually ready to go and good you know good to go i saw somebody say sometimes when receivers have to miss time like that most of the time after you hear oh they need minor surgery yeah hey whoops so we'll see i mean baldwin has not missed a game in five years he has three straight top 15 finishes and he's uh he's just been a fantasy gold mine yeah i mean for a guy that you know almost everyone got off the waiver wire i'm not sure anybody really drafted doug baldwin um, he has been an excellent addition to your fantasy team, and he's he's just one of those real consistent guys that just plugs away and gets you low end wide receiver two numbers, high end high, between low end and high end wide receiver two numbers, depending on the year. Yeah, I mean you, you're talking about some of these slot receivers are fantastic. I mean Doug Baldwin mm-hmm. is that he's up there with like you know the Jarvis Landry's when it comes to fantasy production. And then this year you were looking for a really big year for him because they had a lot of targets. 176 total targets are now there with a. Went out the door. Went out the door with Jimmy Graham agent. and yep. uh, Paul Richardson. You know, 37 of those are red zone targets are available, 16 touchdowns. So you were looking for a little bit of boost with Baldwin because not a lot of receiver talent there around him. You know, Locker, never been the same since he broke his fibula. Right. Might take a step forward this year because of it. Brandon Marshall's old. He's been he's been kind of doo-doo for the last couple of years. And he's really not even guaranteed a roster spot. No, Pete Carroll basically came out and said that, you know, a week or two ago as well. So – and, and coming on, he only ma- he's only he's only making like a million bucks too. So he's very easily cut. The guy who I have I have my eyes on here, and the one I want to see take a step forward, definitely over these next couple of weeks, with Baldwin out is I know it's a different position altogether and different kind of player. The bigger I think he's six foot one, uh, a guy that we were somewhat intrigued coming out last year out of Michigan is Amara Darbo. Amara Darbo, yeah, I think he's the guy that's that's gonna have to step up here in the coming weeks. Again, a nice. I love situations like this when a player that you drafted maybe second, third round that you like that has potential upside in offense like that, that you're like, okay, he's right away going to get some 
opportunity to see what he has. Like, we're going to know what we have in Amar Darbo pretty quickly here. Which is always ideal, man. I mean, you know, the faster you guys, you can you can get a look at these guys and, and, and see what they can do, the better. Yeah, otherwise you can cut bait off your roster. Jabron Brown, they bring in from Arizona. But, John, I mean, you know, they signed him for two years, $5.5 million. I think he's one of the highest paid receivers on the team. Uh, Jerron Brown. Yep. Jerron Brown. What did I say? Um, Jerron Brown. I mean, you're you're saying a couple of different things, so I just oh. wanted to pronunciate that. Dare, I don't pronunciate. I know. Just like I say, running. <laughs> running, running, running back. Why does this dude know how to put a G at the end of running? I'm like, sorry, dude, speech impediment. The G just doesn't come out. <laughs> on my ESPN show, like it all the time, like this dude cannot put a G at the end of anything. Yeah. Like, dude, it's the way I talk. I <laughs> what, what do you want me to do, man? So, um, Amar Darbo, nice upside there. Jerron Brown, nothing great. I think a lot of these receivers are going to be like low upside as it is besides Doug Baldwin just because they're going to run the crap out of the ball. Uh, even then, though, the, I mean, O-line's Garbo there yeah, in Seattle. The, the, the O-line is a little rough around the edges. We'll call. It could be arguably the worst offensive line in all of football. Yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, so, I mean, it hurts Russell Wilson. It's going to hurt the receiving core. They're going to have to run the ball. So it's good news um, for the running backs now. Hype coming out right now, and you've seen his ADP jump up two rounds, is Chris Carson has looked fantastic. He looked, he's, he's running with the ones, blah, 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 blah. Right. I, I even got a question about that earlier this week. Should I should I be worried about the Chris Carson? I got know, one of those, too. As a, as a Rashad Penny owner. You know what my answer was? Nope. <laughs> I said, no, they invested a first-round draft pick in this guy. They're going to they're gonna find ways to, to get him involved. Don't worry if you it. own Chris Carson and you don't own Rashad Penny – Offer Chris Carson to the Rashad Penny owner for a 2020 second round pick. All right, I'll take it. That's what you'd want to do. You rather have Chris Carson there? No, I'll take I'll take Chris Carson for that 2000 and and 19 second round pick. 2020 second round. Oh, pick. 2020. Yeah, it's a really good. It's going to be a really deep running back class. All right. So you'd rather have Chris Carson, right? Yeah, if you want to give me Chris Carson, I own Rashad Penny. You own Chris Carson in one of our leagues. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So send, you, I'll send it over. You, I'll accept you, that. You, you want to do that because listen, I mean, I know Chris Carson looked really good, but he only played a game no, essentially. I, I know. Uh, and like you said, they, they, they invested. I just said they five times. I apologize, but they invested a first round pick in Rashad Penny. Right. They took him as the second running back overall in the draft, and. If they played Rashad Chris Carson, people are going to get fired. They're not – Rashad Penny is a starting running back there. Maybe this carves out a bigger role for Chris Carson, but it's going to take an injury for him to actually have value because Rashad Penny, worst case, is going to have to carries. That's worst case. And Rashad Penny is a good football player. Yep. And on passing downs, Chris Carson's not going to really offer you much as it is. Anyways, you have uh, – CJ Procise there, who's finally healthy. So he's going to be their third down running back at times, even though Penny catches the ball pretty well. Penny's looked fantastic already in uh, blitz protection. Good. That's good to hear. I, I, I hadn't heard that news note. Yeah, they're they're very impressed with, it, oh, with how quick he's picked up the blitz protection there. So for me, and this is like, I like Chris Carson. Like if Chris Carson was on the Jets, I'd be pretty stoked about it. Right. If Chris Carson was on the Raiders, I'd be stoked about it. And maybe they do this for like trade. You know, rumors, but I don't think so. I think the O line's bad enough where they're gonna need they're gonna run the ball a lot. Oh, I think Pete Carroll just wants to run the ball. And yeah. I think Chris Carson's a good running back. Yeah. I just don't think he's gonna hold with Penny being there, good fantasy value. We mentioned during the offseason, you know, if the Seahawks don't draft a running back high, then we really like Chris Carson going into the year because we liked him. But they did. Really oh, high. Really high. Yeah. So to me, it doesn't matter how much they sit here for the first week of training camp, they talk about how good Chris Carson is. It's just not that great. And I will probably send you that offer of Chris Carson for the 2022nd. Perfect. So you could be excited. I'll be excited. I'll have a future second two years down the road. Yeah. Um, and you'll have a running back who is going to be a stud two years down the road. Yeah, who knows? Potentially. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, are you with me here? I mean, this is Rashad Penny's job, right? I do think that, yes. And he's the back the own there in Saddle Room, right? Absolutely. It's just be tentative because right now there's a lot of mouths to feed. But if I, but if I can around. back him up with a guy for a twenty twenty second, I have no problem doing that either. Yeah, definitely when he's a quality. Like I'm yeah. not all about like oh get the handcuffs, get the handcuffs. But right. when you can do it with a quality player, then I'm all in too. So yeah. it's a win win for both of us. I think. I think so. Um, tight end you have Nick Nick Vanette, Ed Dixon, Ed Dixon coming out of Baltimore he was there last year. 
in Seattle. Okay, just okay, but no, I think Ed Dixon, you know, has had a couple of years where um, where he's looked he's looked decent as a receiving threat as, as a, an all around tight end. So I think that is really I think Ed Dixon's all they need at the tight end position in Seattle. They don't overly use the tight end. You know, no, what I mean? they don't. So, I mean, I think they're going to be fine with those two guys. I don't think you want either one of those two guys. I think Nick Vanette's the upside guy here just because, you know, he didn't do anything really at Ohio State, but he didn't do anything really in the pros either. Third year, I think it is for Vanette. Yeah. So, that's usually a step forward year. I think that you know what you have in Ed Dixon, what, you know, tight end 13, 14, 15, right around there. Uh, potentially upside in the red zone, but I think I think they lean more towards Vanette than Dixon. I, I mean, I personally don't, I don't want either one of those guys anywhere near my roster. Hell no, I don't want any of them on my roster. Right. Cut bait, gotta go. Shark Week, baby, feed them. Moving on, shall we? I've been I've been watching some serious Shark Week. Have you been? Uh, I don't ever watch. Shark oh, Week. it's actually a Shark Week right now. I know it is Shark All Week. Right. So I, mentioned, I just don't watch. Right. I don't watch that stuff, man. Like, I don't like. I have, it fascinates me how those people are are crazy enough to get into the water with a bunch of great white sharks. Oh yeah, first of all, with a little cage petrified i went snorkeling once in mexico and i didn't even enjoy myself because i was literally just looking for sharks the whole time like dude if there's a shark which i don't even know why because I, I didn't know where to go i was gonna be bait but i was in my hotel like grab him in the gills poke him in the eye curl up in a ball whatever I, protect myself snout hit yeah. him in the snout i'll, I'll mike tyson <laughs> the shit out of that shark all right but for me it's just kind of like all right it's, i just don't watch like those t- like yeah. I, I, love, I love to catch like a good Netflix show. Sure. You know, uh-huh. I, I love to find some of that. So somebody like when people recommend shows that to me though, but it's kind of hard like for me to get into like regular TV. I love sharks, but I haven't watched Shark Week, man, in literally. 10 my, years. my son's getting into it, so we've been watching it. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't watch TV shows. Yeah, really, that aren't on like Netflix. I guess yeah. the best way to put it. Cancel, I watch, cancel your cable, man. Dude, I watch baseball. Yep. In the summertime. That's what I do. Yeah. I watch all the Indian, I have Indian season tickets. I go to Indians games. I watch Indians games. That's my ideal of fun is sitting here watching baseball. I don't blame you. Winter good. I like that as well. So, uh, yeah, Shark Week. Everybody's into it. I was watching some. My wife was watching some, that Jay Cutler's wife show. Oh. Like yesterday. Did they go, They did they do a shark special? Shark, no. Shark Week, shark no. week crossover or anything? It, just, it goes right in the wild. Like, I, I'm telling you, I don't get it, man. Because I'm sitting there. She's watching. I watched like a little bit before because I go, this is Jay Cutler. That's Jay Cutler, you know? And she's watching. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so I watched like five minutes, like sitting down, taking notes for work, whatever. And then yesterday, I got home from work and I was exhausted. So I lay on the couch and she turns that on. I'm like, oh, great. You're watching this show again. And I watched it. It was over. I, and I, I was on my phone. I ran out of things to look at on Twitter and everything. And I go, that is literally the stupidest show. I've ever seen entire, like how do you watch this how people watch reality television I honestly have I, no idea I do not get the fascination either my man uh, let's talk about the Cardinals let's do it real reality television shall we yep um depth chart looking like Larry Fitzgerald Christian Kirk JJ Nelson Chad Williams Bryce Butler at receiver running back you have David Johnson Chase Edmonds Elijah Penny tight end Ricky Seals Jones Jermaine Gresham QB Sam Bradford Josh Rosen uh, Sam Bradford, good for about a week or two, and then he'll be hurt. Then Josh Rosen's going to come in. That's going to hurt everything because he's a rookie. Tight end Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, former wide receiver, now tight end. High upside, and the job's all him because Jermaine Gre- Gresham hurt his Achilles last right, year in 17. He's going to not even start the season. Yeah, he's not even start. Yeah, he's so not even healthy. It's a Ricky Seals-Jones show by default, uh, even though Arizona's never really utilized a tight end very much. Well, that was the Bruce Arian regime. Here in comes a new regime now. So we'll Steve see. Wilkes is a new head coach, and all he said he wants to do is run the ball. Well, there you go. When when you have David Johnson, that's a good thing. You know, David Johnson coming in off of the dislocated wrist last year, he heard it week one, killed a lot of people's fantasy hopes. Uh, but in 2016, you're talking about a guy that led the NFL in yards from scrimmage, 2,118 yards and 20 touchdowns, dominated, playing for a new contract, wants to get to paid. Head coach is preaching. We are going to run the crap out of the ball. Where do you line a 26-year-old up, David Johnson, in your dynasty world? In my dynasty world? I mean, he's still he's still fairly high, man. I mean, he's got to be five, six, right around there. Uh-huh. I mean, to each his own. I, I, and really, honestly, I don't have him sitting in front of me, but that's that's – where the, he feels correct uh-huh. he's right around five or six so 
That seems right to me, too. He's, you know, we always talk about this. Like, there's always guys you just don't want anything to do with. Those, you know, like T.Y. Hillens. Guys are always, yeah. you know, they produce, but you just don't really want them. That's kind of David Johnson. He, you know, 26, he, like, he worries me just a little bit. He's, Not, a, he's, he's a little a, worrisome, but, I mean, at the same time, this is a guy that, he fell in drafts. He was not drafted high. So if you drafted him in the second or third round, end of the second, top of the third, you're loving life, and you're oh, you yeah. know you're he's what turned your fantasy team around or or propelled you to probably a championship a couple of years ago. So you're you know you feel a little eh, on the guy, but a, a lot of the people that own him love him. So I mean he's he's playing for a new contract. Everyone's relying on him to be their wider or, you know, their running back one. And he is, and he's a good player and he's in the prime of his career right now. So he's, he's probably number five for me. Overall dynasty. Yeah. I mean, no, no overall dynasty. Where is he? Running back. No running back. Oh oh, yeah. Running back. Probably, probably five. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, his fans production leads that way. And I, you know, obviously the big three, when you have Gurley, bell, Zeke out of them, mm-hmm. but the way I, you know, if you ask me honestly, you're like, hey, who would you rather have? I'd rather have, you know, and that, and I know it's gonna sound stupid, but I'd rather have Saquon Barkley. I would rather have Alvin Kamara. I would rather have Delvin Cook than David Johnson. Me personally, right? And that's it, a, that's it, a you personally thing. And that's my own. <laughs> that's my own personal thing. Which is, I mean, I've never owned a David Johnson share yep. in my whole life, and I'm sure that has something to do with it as well. Yeah, it's just I'm worried about the overall team when you don't have, you know, got Larry Fitz there, who's who's an absolute stud. I mean, the guy's had 100 plus catches for three years straight. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, he's how much longer he's there as they go through this transition? Because when you get outside of Larry Fitz, there's not a lot to well, Larry, love. Yeah, Fitz. I mean, Fitz is a free agent at the end of the year. JJ Nelson's a free agent at the end of the year. David Johnson's a free agent at the end of the year. So I mean, this is this is a team that has a lot of potential for for turnover in the coming years, but. Um, but I think I think David Johnson's the guy they're going to lock up and keep around for a few years. I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a Larry Fitzgerald in season, you know, one year extension again. He said he's only going to play for the Cardinals recently right. too. But that's what kind of worries me about David Johnson, honestly, is that he does stay in Arizona. I feel like it's a team that's just kind of you can kind of stack the box against them. You can kind of focus on him a little bit. Definitely with Sam Bradford. If Sam Bradford goes down, you bring in a rookie quarterback in there. If they do start giving Josh Rosen some time. I think something you can kind of really scheme against is a guy, you know, if you scheme against David Johnson right there. And I don't know. It, it, it's probably just silly. No, talk. I see. What, no, I see what you're saying. I mean, if it ends up being Josh Rosen pretty early on in the season, you can scheme it, you know, load up the box against David Johnson and make the, make the young guy throw to Larry Fitzgerald and, and maybe everyone else. Maybe, maybe all you do is take away David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald and see if the other guys can do anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could literally just bring a strong safety into the box and right. like you just follow David Johnson. That's what you do and kind of go that route. Not saying he's not talented enough to overcome some of that, but it could put a dent into, you know, when you go from that elite production. Because that's the thing. Where he's valued right now is you have to get elite production from him. You have to. Like, it has to be. He has to finish his, like, top five mm-hmm. overall right. fantasy player for where he's valued at. And sometimes I'm just thinking, like, you know, is this is this the peak to get out from David Johnson? Where not where like I don't think he's going to do bad. It's just where I do. I'm a little bit worried there. And can I get enough return? Well, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I said the same thing about Todd Gurley right. two years ago, and I totally whiffed on that one. I right. Mean, I was gonna say. Ask. I was gonna say. Unfortunately, you know, he's coming off an injury, so you know, you can't. You're not really selling high in the guy right now. So you got to hold him. You got to wait yeah. till the value goes up. And what if the value returns? Are you really interested in getting rid of him? You know, I mean, so it's. No. Exactly. So it, it's going to be one of those things where David Johnson's probably not going to move in a lot of leagues. He's yeah, probably just going to stay, stay pat. And I, stand I, pat. I understand where I stand on this. It's a little bit different. Just He's just something – if I did have him, I'd, I'd every week, he's the guy I'm always trying to throw out and get my trade and trying to like trade for him. And kind of like in that Melvin Gordon kind of stage, you mm. know, like you know, you like Melvin Gordon. He's really good. He's at back-to-back five top five finishes. But, like, if you can move him for, like, a younger piece plus something, you know, like if you can move – David Johnson for Alvin Kamara plus something, then you're like, yeah, I'd do that. You know, whatever that plus something is, if it's intriguing, you're like, yeah, I do. Like, hell, I would take Alvin Kamara and like Antonio Callaway. <laughs> that's it. But again, that's just me. I mean, I don't think that would be a bad trade at all. I would, <laughs> I would probably do that also because oh, okay. you're getting a younger guy. You're getting a guy with a very similar skill set and, and whatever. I mean, it, it's it's – not like David Johnson and Alvin Kamara are miles apart in my uh, my no, ranks anyway. No, fantasy production. Right. Um, flipping over to the receiving side of the ball, 
You know, we mentioned Larry Fitz, but then out that side there, we have Christian Kirk. Again, Christian Kirk for me is somebody that he's somebody that you liked. I didn't really like the overall tape on him personally. Um, I think he'd be a solid NFL receiver. I don't ever see him as being like a really good NFL receiver from a fantasy production wise. I just don't really see that again from the tape. That's just me. You did like him though, however. I didn't um, I didn't love the guy. I liked him. I didn't love him though. I mean he was one of those guys that fell like middle of the second round for me. Yeah, because remember we were talking. I was like, dude, I think Anthony Miller is a better kind of guy along those lines. Yeah, um, I had Anthony Miller higher. Than yeah, in my ranks. so it's just I'm not a big Christian Kirk fan uh, personally. So it leaves us at the receivers. What are we looking at? And to me, an intriguing prospect here is definitely Chad Williams. Yeah, uh, former third round pick, and he can be the outside receiver there. And he's a, he, he, is there a lot of value there for a third wide receiver? I mean, you know what I mean? For a second slash third wide receiver. And this team that wants to run, they, the head coach come out and say, we're going to run the ball a lot? Right. Absolutely not. I mean, I think I think the guys to own this year are obviously Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson. You know, you want to get a pick, piece of uh, Ricky Seals-Jones for some tight end receiving upside um, type of stuff. And, you know, after that, it gets a little iffy. I, I mean, I think Chad Williams has got a nice future. You know, Larry Fitzgerald's 34 years old, so he's a guy that that could potentially sometime down the line settle into a wide receiver two role for the Cardinals. I, I'm not sure who the wide receiver one is. I don't think it's Chad Williams, but... We'll find out. Yeah, maybe it's Christian Kirk. Who knows? Um, and, and maybe things open up a little bit in, you know, year three of Josh Rosen, year two, year three of Josh Rosen era. Who knows, man? Okay. But... Uh, those guys are a little bit more long-term type of guys, and, and and for this year, the only the only guys I'm really super interested in are Larry Fitzgerald, and David Johnson. Yeah, and I think Larry Fitzgerald's great. Like again, if he's not on uh, a competitive team, a great go out and get kind of player that you can oh, probably yeah. get for. I mean, the return you're going to get of a, like a low end, mid range, possibly even wide receiver one. I mean, those guys are extremely hard to come by, and Larry Fitz should be affordable in all leagues. I feel like I've seen Larry like uh, so many Larry Fitzgerald trades in the past like three years, like because every year it seems like he's on the moves in one of my leagues. You know what I mean? Just because he's the guy that, hey, everyone wants him. That's that's competitive, and everyone that's not thinks, hey, I want to get something before this guy goes out the door. Yeah. So I mean, he's been moving an awful lot in a lot of my leagues, which is weird. Sometimes you just got like again, if you're even mildly competitive, you. you some people are like, oh, I got to get something before he's out the door. And again, here Larry Fitz is three years. Sometimes you just got to ride that, you know, train right off the tracks. Yeah. No, I mean, I've gone down with the, the ship. ship. I've gone down with the ship before. Oh, yeah, me too. I've, I've seen a lot of players like, dude, I'm going down with the ship. Like, no, this, yeah. this is my guy. Like, yeah. He's the man until he's not the man anymore. Exactly. You know? I mean, I went out on the Roddy White ship. You know what I mean? Like, I probably should have got rid of it. I mean, I got offered some crazy offers for that guy a couple of years before he, like, fell off the cliff. And I, 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 I held on to him. I was winning championships at the time, like right after that. That's like right on, on, uh-huh. like, on the cusp of when I was starting to win championships. So, I mean, I, I held on to him. He was a guy that it was solid for me. Um, it was at the end of his career, but, you know. Reggie Wayne for me. Yeah, I went down with that's it. That's a guy who I went down with. Oh, you went totally ship. down with that ship. You yeah. were, you tried desperately not to, I think, at the end. Yeah, you, yeah. You, were, you had him involved in every single trade scenario ever for about a year and a half, and everyone was like, dude, I don't want him anymore. He's down, old as... <laughs> down with the ship. Old as dirt, man. I'm the captain now. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the last team we'll discuss before we get into next week's sleeper episode. Ooh. Ooh. Wake up over there, sleepyhead. I'm tired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, San Francisco 49ers. Looking at a what depth chart of Marquise Goodwin, Pierre Garçon, Dante Pettis, Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor at wide receiver. At running back, you have Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breda, Joe Williams. At tight end, George Kittle, Garrett Selleck. And at quarterback, you have Jimmy Garoppolo and C.J. Bethard. Uh, you know, with Garoppolo, guys never lost an NFL game. Stud, signs a big contract. He's a man going forward in a kind of Shanahan system. Mm-hmm. Got to love it. High upside. I think last year um, when Garoppolo came in, he was like tight quarterback, like number six, I think, overall when he played there. Um, so I like Garoppolo going forward. I'm still going to look for them to get that big-time receiver for him. And that will hopefully come maybe in 2019. Yeah, I don't think it came this year in the form of... Marquise uh, Goodwin signed a contract extension? Well, Marquise Goodwin's there. Um, you know, obviously Pierre, Pierre Garçon is there as well. Uh, but I was, I was referring to Dante Pettis, who they said has had like an up-and-down camp so far. And really looked... 
It doesn't surprise me. I mean, it sounded like they were trying to teach him all three wide receiver positions, which for a rookie can be, uh, I mean, a difficult transition to begin with. And, and for a guy that I didn't see like a ton of upside in anyway, I, I, that one kind of boggled my mind a little bit, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, he's a lean, mean little machine, dude, because he's what? He's five. No, he's like 6'1", 185, yeah. 190 pounds. Yeah, or something like, like super that. lean, man. Yeah. Like, strong winds in Florida will definitely knock this dude over. Yes. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know that he is the guy. I don't think he's the guy that's going to like round into a wide receiver one. They in, they invested in him heavily in a second round pick. They re-signed Marquise Goodwin to a three year, uh, twenty million dollar contract was good. Mm-hmm. So he came out. He took a little big step forward there later in the year with fifty six catches, nine hundred sixty two yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, he really came alive with with especially with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you got Pierre Edward. there. Yep, he's thirty two though. So I mean, he turns thirty two in August. But again, I mean, we're talking a guy who, you know, Garcon's a target machine. We never played with Garoppolo. I mean, he was on Garcon last year before he got hurt in week seven. He was on pace for 144 targets in those seven games. So you got him there. You got uh, Goodwin, who just signed a contract extension, but the dude's had six concussions. He had two last year. Right. So there's worries there. Mm-hmm. Lot of lot of mystery going on there. But I think the big winner of this receiving corps for this year. I think when it comes to playability, I think it's going to be Marquise Goodwin. I think he's going to build off that Garoppolo relationship. I think he's going to take a step forward. He had 56 catches for 962 yards last year before they got Garoppolo. Right. I think he could break that 1,000-yard mark, maybe get a little bit more catches, bump up to about the 70 range there, maybe get to about the you know 1,100-yard range right there. Touchdowns, I don't know. He's a little lean as well, but he's got that burning speed. Hey, yeah, I mean, I was, I was just about to say, talk about his speed, man, because the guy was – this. He's finally just focused on football for the past like couple of years because before that he was always trying to qualify for like Olympic trials and stuff like that, and that was like his passion. That's what he really wanted to long do. Long jumper, right? Um, I believe I can't remember. I think it was a long jumper. Okay, I can't. I can't remember exactly what. Dude what, can run, man. Yeah, but he is super fast. Um, and he's finally focused solely on football. He, he's kind of put all that stuff behind him, and and it's shown, you know that. That you know when he focuses just on football, he he's a he's a pretty good football player. So I like him. Uh, um, I think he's a he's a nice wide receiver too for for teams. He's a he's a good guy that you know, you basically got for free because you picked him up off your waiver wires. That's that's where he was for you know most of mo- in most leagues. That's where he was at. Yeah, because he didn't do jack squat in Buffalo. Right for like the van f- down by the river for the first four or five years of his career, he didn't do anything. So. This is a guy that that you know he always had a lot of potential with the speed and and he finally put it together with the Niners. Yeah, I see him with a nice mid range wide receiver two upside. Mm-hmm. Somebody I said uh, I put a tweet out not too long ago, I think a couple of days ago, saying you know wide receivers that can help you win a championship this year that are pretty cheap, like compared to guy you know for the numbers that they'll put up, you know guys like Alan Hearns, Marquise Goodwin, affordable. What do you, uh, uh, what do you, yeah, definitely. Um, sorry um, to switch subjects, but what do you think about a guy like Trent Taylor? I guess not really a subject change, but. Young guy, you know, comes in last year, 43 catches, 430 yards, but he's only five foot, 880 pounds. And to me, bringing in Dante Pettis tells me all, you know, again, comes in, shows a little bit as a rook uh, coming in there for Trent yeah. Taylor. But then you bring another guy in who's in Dante Pettis. To me, it's. I know. I that's why that's why I'm asking because I, I I don't know exactly where the guy's value lies. I think he had a nice little rookie year, and you know, coming from the system that Garoppolo came from, uh, I don't think he'll have a problem getting a guy like Trent Taylor involved. I mean, there's other. I mean, in New England, there's guys that are small that here's, jitterbug type. Here's of guys how that, I view Trent Taylor, a guy who showed me last year that he can help the San Francisco 49ers. He's a solid NFL player, but he's never, ever, 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 ever going to be somebody you start on your dynasty roster. Literally nobody. He's somebody that, again, right now people are kind of on the name because he showed a little bit as a rookie. Then maybe he shows a little bit more. But, again, his last year, you know, those 43 catches, 430 yards, I think maybe it's he'll catch, maybe get up to, like, for him being having a good year is 55 catches for, you know, 600 yards. Again, Never numbers that you're ever going right. to overly That's love. Nothing you can He's do. Ne- he doesn't have the size to be a number one receiver. He's going to rely on P- PPR leagues to be, you know, catch more footballs or be a big play threat. But nobody you're ever going to rely on for fantasy football. So for Trent Taylor, for me, even though he showed a little bit last year, has zero 
0.0 value for me in a dynasty league, even in deep leagues. He's not even somebody where I even want to roster. Like he's somebody, again, I, I throw into for namesake, for fluff um, on a team. Cause I just don't think he's ever going to hold value ever. Like to a point where I'm ever going to start him. He's, he's going to be roster filler that I don't even want to have as roster filler. I'd rather take an upside. Like I'd rather have guys like, you know, Chad Williams or Amar Darbo there mm-hmm. than a guy. We say it all the time. Like I'm going to take more gambles on these upside receivers to have some touchdown capability over a guy like Trent Taylor. All right. I mean, I think, I think I have a slightly higher opinion of him than you, or I, I think he he may be able to develop into a guy that 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 creeps into the conversation as a wide receiver like three. A Dan, Danny Amendola kind of player, like that kind of like a little slack guy that just catches you know eighty footballs eventually. That's how I could. That's like the highest upside I could see for the guy. But yes, he's I, so small. He is small. Yep. A lot of those guys are small though. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. I mean, I just think I I, I, I I see the way you're looking at it. It's just if you're asking me right now, like, Rich, is, is that's how I feel today. Like, no. Okay. No. Right. Young, which is – it's not fair. What am I basing off when a guy comes in, he catches 43 balls for 43 yards as a rookie? I mean, that's, that's a nice little show as a rookie. Yep. But eh, I don't know, man. I see them needing another – you know, they got the speed guy and Marquise Goodwin – they invest a high second-round pick in a guy like Dante Pettis over a lot of other receivers, and I still think they'll be looking for that true number one down the road. So, again, where does that put Trent Taylor? So you have Marquise Goodwin you signed to an extension. You have a high investment in a guy you're going to try and figure out with Dante Pettis. Pierre Gorsan's probably gone after this year, so you bring another receiver off, send him. And then we even talked about the stud muffin George Kittle as it is. Oof. So you're talking about the potential fifth option in an offense over there, maybe fourth option third at the very best but that doesn't even seem feasible unless dante pettis is a complete flame out so limited Which, who knows you never know yeah you never know <laughs> speaking of george kittle six foot four 250 pounds of him the guy is just a nice perfect red zone threat there in san francisco 97 percent um spark score he's coming through uh last year he had a higher spark score than evan ingram and david and joku uh well all the tight ends yep. yeah pretty good guy key came in Caught 43 footballs for 515 yards and two touchdowns. Those are better numbers than uh, Trent Taylor. Better mm-hmm. numbers. Same amount of catches, but for about 100, almost 100 more, more yards. Not there. bad, Mr. Kittle. Ran routes on 73% of his uh, routes. And when Jimmy Garoppolo came in, he finished the year. as He was tight end 10 overall his rookie year with Garoppolo. I love. I'm excited about a guy named George. George Kittle, man. Yeah. If you're telling me besides Jimmy Garoppolo and Jarek McKinnon right now on this roster. This is the guy I want to own. Like, when it comes to pass-catching guys, I think even long-term, over a long-term spectrum, I think Kittle holds more value than a guy like Jarek McKinnon. I think he has really good upside at tight end. If, again, we're talking about the offense that he's used to coming out of New England that really loves to utilize the tight end, I think him and Kittle are going to be in Shanahan's offense, just a match made in heaven. I think he is going to be tight end. I think he finishes this year as a top 10 tight end again. Uh, well, not again, but when he was with Grapple, I think he finishes as a top 10 tight end this year. And I think four years from now, Kittle is going to be a top five dynasty tight end. I mean, he's got that kind of upside. I'm, I'm with you as far as, you know, the, the, the Kittle's long-term value being better than McKinnon. Just, I mean, just from obviously, um, position standpoint and and an, you know obviously an age thing as well i think kittle's a, a few years younger than jarek mckinnon so kittle's got the long-term um upside for sure and i could definitely see him being a top five guy that's that's not even that big of a stretch for me i don't think good hands yeah he's got all the score. he's got all the athleticism he's got a great quarterback that knows how to hit guys you know in tight windows and stuff like that on nice little timing routes so yeah george kittle's got huge upside i love the guy um Hopefully you heeded our advice and got him last year. Yes, he's definitely someone we liked. At the mm-hmm. running back position, you have this is a this is an interesting thing here. You know they bring in Jarek McKinnon, mm-hmm. they pay him top. I think now after Gurley's contract, he's top six overall. I think he's going to be the sixth highest paid running back in the NFL, which is pretty good money in Kyle Shanahan's system. You want that pass catcher running back. You oh, want God, him because yeah. he's going to finish mm-hmm. as a running back one. Mm-hmm. It's it's locked in. Jarek McKinnon stays healthy. He will 100% be a running back one this year. That offense that he, he schemes for gets the ball in the running back hands. And with Jimmy Garoppolo's really quick release, this is, a again, a match made in heaven. When we're talking about one of the top receivers on the in the San Francisco lineup, 
it might very well be a guy like Jarek McKinnon. You also said that with Matt Breda, who so far has had a really good camp. Really good um, camp, yep. I know the beat reporter, Grant Cohn, just came out, I think, yesterday and said the best running back on the team so yep. far has been Matt Breda. Again, real productive college career, looked pretty decent at times. I picked him up in a lot of leagues last year, and he's somebody, if McKinnon goes down, look out. But still might have enough role where if McKinnon can't get it done in between the lines the way they want to, might some have some nice touchdown value there and can still finish the year with maybe like 600 rushing yards. Yeah, no, I, I sorry. Um, Matt Parade is a nice little guy to, um, to own. I mean, obviously – the hype is there already for him. So uh, I think I think both those guys can maintain value. I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time that a Kyle Shanahan offense has has really had two guys that were able to produce fantasy-wise. Um, I mean, you don't even have to look that far in the past. You know, you go to go to the Falcons and, and, and look at Devontae Freeman and, and uh, Tevin Coleman. They were both wide receiver, I mean, running back ones at, at one point. Top eight running backs exactly. at the same time. So, I mean, in the week, I think, seven, it, right around there. It's an offensive scheme that can do it, and, and I, lo- I love both those guys. Um, but, you know, McKinnon's the guy that I, I like more uh, out of the two. But I love McKinnon for this year. Right. Uh, I love him probably, again, going into the next year as well. I, I'm not saying it's going to be a long-term thing here, but, again, these past kind of running backs do hold value. Definitely produces here. We just mentioned not a lot of options that are like overly fantastic in the passing game, so they can utilize these guys heavily. I think we see Matt Breda and Jerick McKinnon both hold some value, with McKinnon being a running back one and possibly being a low-end running back two. Matt Breda, if everything kind of pans out, and get those 600 rushing yards, but then come away with there's no say. What have made Brad Breda could be kind of like, you know, get that like Eric Blunt value. He comes away with 10, 11 touchdowns with the way Grappolo moves uh, the team downfield and the way he could play well. Love George Kittle. Love Jarek McKinnon. Like Marquise Goodwin. Yep. That's where I'm at with this team. And I, don't, I mean, I don't think Kyle Shanahan would be opposed to putting both those guys in the field. He's done that kind of stuff in the past as well. You know, split one of these guys out. If, you know, if McKinnon's really picking up the offense quickly, he could be a guy that's being flexed out into the slot a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and Breida, Breida might end up surpassing that 600-yard mark. And, and, you know, McKinnon's one of those guys that gets 800 yards rushing but another, you know, 600 yards receiving or something like that. And that's where McKinnon's value lies. And and, and Breida's a guy getting, you know, 900 yards rushing or something like that, that and, and touchdowns or something. So I think I think McKinnon can finish this year as t- as, literally as high as, like, running back three. Yeah. That's where I can see him finish this year. I think okay. – I mean, the, the offense alone would say that, I, I, I truly think this guy is going to catch, like, freaking 80 footballs yeah, this year, man. Absolutely. He's going to catch a lot of balls. His PPR value is going to be tremendous. Mm-hmm. I love him in redraft leagues, late second round, right around there. Uh, you could probably get him in the th- – I think with his ADP right now, you probably get him, like, high in the third round in redraft leagues, right around there. But I love him going forward. I gave a first and a second round pick in a league for him, like, right after he got traded because I saw where this was going. Mm-hmm. And if he can stay healthy – He's gonna be one of those guys to help you win a championship, like that good. Definitely, uh, his his value right now is pretty high, so he's still not an easy guy to get. But I can see some people being worrisome because you know a guy who just didn't have a great spark score, uh, a guy who just never really put it on the field, even when an opportunity to be overly great. Opportunity fits him perfectly. Yep, absolutely, man. So that's it. Um, that finishes out this week in our divisions. Now we're getting into uh, actual football, Matt. We've we finally made it. Going to have some preseason games rolling on to us next week as we get ready for it. So next week we'll talk about some sleepers. Um, we'll do some bold predictions. Or I might push the bold prediction back episode back um, maybe one week, not next week or the week after that, because I like to get into bold predictions maybe like right before the season starts. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'll find something. It's a fun about. show. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll plug it in. We'll figure out the – the other two or three weeks that we got to fill. But I think next week's a good week to get in right into the sleepers to give you kind of an opportunity to go out there before the season starts trying to make some moves. Maybe some guys are on the list that you like. Um, and obviously being a sleeper is going to make them somewhat affordable. Sure. And we've been talking about them all year long anyways. Yes. So in the meantime, just check out DynastyNerds.com every single day. Hopefully that new thing we've been building will be up uh, soon. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Delays, delays, delays. Uh-huh. But uh, in the meantime, check out DynastyNerds.com for all the fun articles. Uh, we have the Dynasty Group Facebook group. You can join on there from DynastyNerds.com. Over 2,600 members, Matt. 
Nice. Lots of information. Good way to get on there. Put some polls up there. You put any kind of question on there, you're going to get tons of feedback on there. I mean, I see every comment has like, like, hey, what about this? And I'll have like 35 comments on it, 80 comments on it, just from people from all over the world. That's great, man, because you're getting getting the – the pulse, basically, of the Dynasty community right Yeah, there. it just takes it's one great. person with yep. some kind of information to really tilt you that way. And, again, you do the Twitter polls, and they go through. But, again, we do polls on the, our Facebook group page. I think they get, they get hundreds of results on there as well. Again, gauge the interest. Get, get the Facebook group page. Use the Twitter. Use social media to your advantage for Dynasty Fantasy Football. It's a huge, huge asset to have that you got to utilize. Also, speaking of Twitter, if you want to follow me on Twitter, follow me at Dynasty Rich. Yeah, hey, I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. If you want to support the website, you can always buy an awesome Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Matt's wearing one right now. Matt, I got to say you look extremely handsome. Give me the high five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a man high five right yeah. there. Uh, you can buy one of those bad boys on DynastyNerds.com. Guaranteed to increase your, increase your high five intake. And then if you want to support the site for free, you can always leave us a rating and review on iTunes because uh, it helps the site out a lot. Yes, it does, man. I think we're at like 630-something reviews. Nice. Slowly creeping to lucky number 700. <laughs> That's a milestone. We'll give a t-shirt out away when we get there, right? I thought I thought like uh, 10 or something crazy. Or was that 1,000? No, when we get 1,000 reviews, okay. we're going to give out 10 t-shirts. Okay. Now, Lana's going to take us to get 1,000 reviews. About another year. Yeah, for how awesome this damn show is. <laughs> she. <laughs> so until then, enjoy your week. Enjoy the Hall of Fame game. We'll be back next week with another fantastic Dynasty episode. All right, bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.